What's going on, everybody? This is Sean of Ross Like Music. And this is the Super Sunny Show. I'm La Molly. This is Blue and Green Radio. Hello and welcome along to this month's edition of the Music for Modern Living Radio Show, right here on Blue and Green Radio. You're locked in with me, Nigel Gentry. Confessions of a curly mind. Blue and Green Radio. You're listening to Steve Williams at UK5.org. Welcome to the Blue and Green Sessions. Ride the vibe with DJ Ronnie Ron. Twisted Soul with C.F. Smith. You're listening to the Blue and Green Podcast. And I hope you enjoy what we are going to say. Blueandgreenradio.com Welcome friends, you're listening to episode 20 of the Blue in Green podcast. My name's Imran, thanks very much for your time, really appreciate uh, your company. Uh, we have an excellent uh, episode lined up for you today. This is the podcast series that runs in conjunction with Blue in Green Radio. You can find us at www.blueingreenradio.com, this is, which is the uh, 21st century soul, jazz, funk, Latin and hip-hop radio station. Uh, you can find us online. <laughs> at the aforementioned website and uh we have uh, an amazing station that is um populated by incredible music incredible shows from incredible presenters from literally all across the world which is super super exciting uh much of these podcasts which uh are released on the first second and third mondays of each month uh, are populated by my conversations with them uh just we talk music and we geek out and it's fantastic but i'm also in a, in a brilliant situation to talk music and geek out with others and uh, we've got a couple of blue and green radio staples returning uh, for the podcast today so we got um, Dan Colicott and TJ Sutherland uh, who uh, we've done we've done quite a few episodes now, which has been super cool, and I love hanging out with them. Uh, long-time friends and collaborators, and uh, we are talking soundtracks, movie soundtracks, movie scores, some iconic ones, some of our favourite ones. Um, there isn't much of a setup really beyond that. I, I can't really introduce the, the episode with more words than that. Um, it's fairly self-explanatory. But the one thing I will say is I'm I'm committing to it and I'm committing to it by saying it uh, on this episode right now but I really really want to do a remix version of this episode in time to come because we talk about so many different movies and clips from movies audio clips and obviously sounds uh, soundtracks sorry and scores of movies I'd love to do it uh, to a re-release of this episode with all of those things included do snippets of every song that we talk about I could do this for every single podcast podcast episode in fairness because we everyone that we talk to on this they we, we talk music um but there's something pretty cool about doing that for this particular episode but i still wanted the conversation to be intact and released uh in in full as it as it currently stands but i think in time to come i'd love to do a different version and you know put everything that we talk about into the episode as well so i'm committing to it uh, i really want to try and do that in a couple of months um, when you've forgotten all about this episode, you get to enjoy it by listening to it all over again. Uh, regular listeners of these podcasts will know uh, two two songs are chosen um, in each episode. Our guest picks the closing number. On this episode, it is TJ's um, opportunity luxury. Should we say let's say luxury? He picks a, a brilliant closing number in relation to the soundtrack. Um, in relation to our discussion. Uh, for this episode but our opening number which is about to be played is picked by uh, yours truly and I have a brilliant one my head was spinning from just countless songs uh, to include for this so obviously this is a conversation about soundtracks and scores and there's a lot of contemporary sounding ones like Hans Zimmer I'm kind of partial to on a few things he's done namely time for the movie Inception uh, and uh, he's done some brilliant Batman stuff for the Christopher Nolan series um, but I've, I've picked I've picked a song uh, from the very first movie soundtrack I ever purchased. So we're going back to, uh, I didn't check, but I'm pretty sure this is 1989, the Ghostbusters 2 soundtrack, which I initially purchased on tape, and then years later repurchased on CD. I'm a big 90s R&B fan. Yes, it's 89, but uh, it's still, it consists of music by New Edition and Bobby Brown, and there's production by Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis, there's production by Babyface as well, Run DMC are on the soundtrack as well. Uh, it's a really great soundtrack, I really enjoy it, and I'm going to pick the lead-off single from that soundtrack i just remember losing my head when when this song came out i loved it all my buds loved it from school uh it's bobby brown this is on our own this is from the ghostbusters 2 soundtrack i like to make these as personal as possible so i thought that 
you're very lucky it was nearly uh, Turtle Power by uh, Partners in Crime, but that was uh, second, I believe this one was first, right? So yeah, we're going with, um, the, yeah, from the very first soundtrack, Bobby Brown on our own. Oh, I love this record. Uh, thanks very much for tuning in. Hope you enjoy the episode. Yeah, please feel free to uh, check out our radio station at blueandgreenradio.com and come back here, wherever you're listening to this podcast from currently, on the first, second, and third Monday of every month. Um, hope you enjoy the show, friends. Try to battle 
Well, thank you both, as always. I appreciate your time. Uh, thank you as well to Dan for the topic. This is an, an awesome topic. I'm quite looking forward to sort of getting stuck in. Obviously, today we're talking about soundtracks and scores uh, for uh, movies that we uh, enjoy greatly, uh, uh, classic movies, uh, favorite movies, personal favorites, etc. Um, I kind of, I'm going to start with a question that I should probably end with, but I feel like any conversation that there is about soundtracks and scores, it, they there are instant classics that people go to. So obviously we have the the catalog of the uh, the awesome John Williams. We have Superman. We have Star Wars. We have Indiana Jones. We have Jaws. There's Alan Silvestri's Back to the Future. There's Psycho. There's a 2001 Space Odyssey. There's there's a whole there's a good solid handful of iconic classic uh, film scores and 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 soundtrack. We'll stick with scores for just for the moment. But do you think that there's anything in the last? I'll ask this question objectively. But do you think there's you've heard anything in the last say twenty years that is going to be remembered amongst those kind of classic scores in time to come objectively not specifically your personal favorites but do you think there's anything that's going to stand against those in time to come we'll go to we'll go to dan it was your topic too so you kick it off <laughs> well one of my favorite i'm not sure if it would go down as a classic i i hope it would uh, in recent years um is clint mansell's score for moon it's just it's just fantastic um I guess the first thing to note is film, um, film-wise, Moon is quite an indie classic rather than being um, one of the big blockbusters. But Clint Mansell, um, his score is just absolutely fantastic. And I think it's one of those things that I always remember the, the film by the music and mm. it it just stays fresh in the memory because of the simplicity of it. Because it's largely, I would say, keyboard-based. It doesn't have, I don't know, it, it, it doesn't have, a lot, a lot of films have very large, bombastic soundtracks. I mean, we know with all the, what what began with the Inception and other films like that is the what we call the Bwams. Is that right? Have I got that right? Bwam. I've never heard that term before. What does that mean? It's spelled B B W A A M, as in Bwam. Bwam. It's like every trailer for about five years that was anything to do with sci-fi or action i mean it, it wasn't wow. even it, it went beyond that but it had to have you know that that part part of it was was there you know every, every statement that was made by you know voiceover man followed a wham right <laughs> no, i didn't know that was a thing and he went with his <laughs> cash to the local shop. Bwam! <laughs> he bought a Canetto and some sliced bread. Bwam! <laughs> and that was, that was just it. And I think in an age where a, a, lot, of, a lot of films, especially action and sci-fi, have that, you know, really loud um, scores with, with, with big, brash effects something like um clint mansell's moon was soundtrack was really understated um and really a lot more kind of subtle um yeah just a really awesome one hmm. teach any any for you that you think are just gonna be recognized on a on a global scale that will just be held up against those aforementioned classics that's a bit of a tough one. I mean, one that stood out for me um, recently, but I guess maybe that's a personal preference type thing, um, was the Black Panther soundtrack. Um, oh, wow. Um, I, but again, I think that's probably more of a personal favourite one as opposed to a popular 
opinion mm. um, type thing. I mean, I think if we go beyond sort of um, 20 years, I, I still think um, the Blade Runner soundtrack, I think that's one that I, I feel like will be something that's quite timeless um, mm. and will still hold up in another 10, 20, 30 years time. Um, again, because, you know, it goes alongside a, a bit of a cult film as well. So, but yeah. I was convinced uh, one of you would have said the Avengers theme, not as a favorite, sorry. but just as a theme that has sort of permeated. Oh, oh as in the sort the, of public the theme, kind of consciousness. The, the theme music. The, yeah, the, the, the score, basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Alan okay. Silvestri um, kind of thing. I actually thought that somebody would have said that. And I don't mean that I'm saying it's specifically one of my favorites, but I think like it's really a theme. I think it's probably become really sort of ingrained in people due to the frequency of the films it's appeared in, as yeah. opposed to also, it specifically being a timeless piece. And also it's, I mean, the, the franchise has been ingrained in us what, for 10 years now, over 10 yeah. years. Yeah. And there's a, there's a whole generation of, people where that's their you know that's their um you know that's like a cornerstone of their growing up you know it's taking people from their uh, early teens into their early 20s and so yeah there's a there's a generation of people where those Avengers, those mcu movies and the avengers movies are a real cornerstone of their pop culture so yeah i think that's that's actually a really good shout yeah i agree um, no, I, I was actually thinking also, before the um, Avengers film came along, um, the Lord of the Rings trilogy also had similar... Yeah. I was going to mention that as well, actually, yeah. But you know why I actually thought that? Because I, I was... Hum, hum the... One of you hum the Avengers refrain, you know, the one that, that that's always repeated when they do anything, um, when they're uh... all doing it Da, 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 da. Exactly. Whereas as soon as as soon as I was thinking that in my head, I immediately went I couldn't help it. Yeah. It's it's like one of those things as a kid when I listened when I tried to, to imagine the Star Wars theme tune or Superman, I always ended up go, they they always merged into one, right. but, it's, but it's the but I think I think that's something more to do with they, you know, if you go back to because you've got people like John Williams who really set the bar when it comes to movie scores, and you've got a whole bunch of composers who again kind of grew up listening to the likes of John Williams and and those guys that you know, had a certain style of doing those kind of big blockbuster Hollywood movies. So it would make sense that everything that comes after has a similar sort of grandiose, epic kind of feel to it and in turn end up not sounding the same, but kind of, you know, blending into one when you try and think of them in your head. But then when you hear them, but then when you hear them out loud, or if you're watching the film, it's like, yeah, this is, you know, do you know what I mean? Oh, totally. Yeah, and I'm not. I'm. I, I'm not in any way um, being disparaging for either of those soundtracks because I think, yeah, you're right. It, it's a blueprint, and even you know the, the blueprint was there for uh, John Williams because you know a, a lot of there there are parts of E.T., Superman, um, Star Wars, Indiana Jones, which are are so defined by his incredible style that they, 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 you know, they are quite familiar, but um, to, not to any kind of detriment to any of those films. Um, I was also, uh, I was also shocked with Blade Runner 2049 because I was trying to think of um, also other soundtracks that were recent, but that was, that was Alan, uh, sorry, no, it was Hans Zimmer. And Benjamin Wolfish, uh, I don't know if I pronounced that correctly. It, it wasn't, they didn't give the gig to Vangelis, which I was quite shocked because, you know, uh, the Blade Runner 
soundtrack, the original, is just possibly uh, for me. It, it's it it is the best sci-fi soundtrack um, that there ever was, and it's very strange that, uh, I, as far as I know, Vangelis is still alive. Um, yeah, he, or, is. Uh, he is. Thank God for that. Yes. <laughs> uh, that could have been a massive uh, faux pas. <laughs> Um, but yeah, they, they they gave it to someone else. And don't get me wrong, the the Hans Zimmer soundtrack is very. Uh, I think it's brilliant. Yeah, it's, it's very really, reminiscent very of the source material, mm. and it does an absolutely amazing job. But it is surprising that um, I don't know. Yeah, Van. Van I mean, Jones. maybe maybe he didn't want to do it. I mean, yeah, I, don't, I, I mean, I I, I I don't know. In my in my head, I, I seem to I seem to recall that. Maybe he became a bit of a recluse, or he has become a bit of a recluse. I'm not sure. I could be completely wrong there, but um, but yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree. It's it's surprising that I didn't look to him for it, but I guess I don't know. Don't know what the reason behind that was. But I, I mean, I'm just glad that um, you know Zimmer did get it pretty much spot on. I mean, it's, it feels to me like everyone that works on that movie just were so true to everything that had come before that come before them and everything was just completely complimentary of the first film. Yeah, agree. But yeah, sorry, we're we're getting off topic. Uh Iman, so what is <laughs> uh what what would be your pick? Uh well that in terms of an objective, um just that it would my pick was Avengers, just in terms of and that's not answering the question of my favourite score or anything like that. It was just a score of what would have permeated, I think, you know, in, in years to come, what people would be familiar with. Like you could play that to someone, I think, in time to come, particularly as he'd said of a younger generation, um, and they would instantly know what it was, you know, and it, it, yeah. it was, it's just sort of interesting how um, obviously, you know, you have to sort of open with the conversation if you're going to have this conversation i suppose the work of john williams and films like you know uh, uh et back to the future etc etc they're kind of they're always going to be prevalent uh to the conversation but you know as much as as that is prevalent to the conversation it quentin tarantino is also very prevalent to the conversation and i sort of in reading up about this i actually was i couldn't believe it that he had never used a score up until django like he's he's sort of really revered, obviously, for his soundtracks, but he, I, it never occurred to me that he had never not used a score as well. You know, uh, he's certain songs are very synonymous to, to scenes from his movies, etc. But I I couldn't believe that Django was the first one that had one. That uh, that actually ties into a question I wanted to ask you guys um, rather conveniently. Um, <laughs> <laughs> thanks for the uh, thanks for the setup there, Imran. Um, so, I, I kind of going off the original score versus I don't know what you would you call it a compilation soundtrack. I don't know. Um, yeah, I think soundtrack and scores are different. Aren't yeah, they? yeah, yeah. So, personal preference. What do you prefer to hear in a movie? And I guess it actually, I guess it is very much dependent on the movie, what the tone is that that kind of stuff some movies suit a soundtrack better some suit a score better but you know when you look at your own personal preferences on you know this is my favorite soundtrack score whatever what you know which do you personally prefer for me i mean it's it's kind of it's really difficult i think you you sort of you, you 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 gave my answer when you said it depends on the scene because I think if you take like Psycho, for example, the shower scene, mm. if you, I don't, I think that, that, that scene is a perfect representation of the perfect music to the perfect visuals. Do you know what I mean? I think if you had had no music or if you had just had a radio in the background, you wouldn't have had that, that the scene that it's gone on to become. Do you know what I mean? And that's now that's a situation where you have an original score and it's created. I mean, you listen to the strings on that. It's a stabbing motion, you know, da, 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 you know, and that it sums it up. It's perfect. It's yeah. perfect. But then you've got a scene like, again, like Quentin Tarantino in Reservoir Dogs, the stuck in the middle with you. 
with Michael <laughs> Madsen walking in. Now, do you know what I mean? That's not a score. That's a, that's a song, which obviously some people know, some people don't. Yeah. But it's just one of those things. And I, I think if you don't have that song, you don't have that classic scene for Reservoir Dogs either. But that would be me. Daniel? Yeah. Um, I think that's interesting. It is about getting the balance because you have things like um, the Tarantino films, which are able to place a song or a piece of a song at a moment that that completely, you know, uh, encapsulates what's happening in the scene. But there are a lot of movies out there where the actual songs that feature on the soundtrack barely play any part in the film itself. Now, Black Panther that TJ, you said, no, I would say maybe that's an example. Maybe not, maybe that's a bit harsh, but obviously there's some fantastic, you know, Kendrick Lamar songs and et cetera on there. Um, but there, there are films that are far lesser than that where they actually do have quite good soundtracks. But the songs might only feature for less than 10 or 20 seconds. You know, they have to be forced in. Like someone goes into a car and it's on the radio. <laughs> or they, you know what I mean? I, I think, yeah. I think The thing I would say about that Black Panther soundtrack as well is that it, that's a bit of a weird one because I, I swear there were like three different versions of it. And one was, one was the, like a really long album with, music inspired by blah, 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 blah. And then there was a soundtrack one and then there was a, I think it was an original score one. But it was, because it was very confusing to me as well. Because when I I first listened to it, I think I listened to the one that was the music inspired by, I didn't realise. And I was like, I didn't hear any of this music during the film. What's going on? Uh, Mm -hmm. But yeah, so so that that might be, I think, what you're referring to. But sorry, go on anyway. Yeah, no, no, a little bit. I mean, yeah, you're right with the songs inspired by um, is is a bit of a strange element to a lot of soundtracks because it really is just to try and sell music on the back of a film. But I I guess nowadays there's so much promotion. I mean, there's so many traders and, and TV spots and a lot of them, you know, you, you can count, you know, hundreds that all always have a song that that basically is used on on the trailer that then gets heavily associated with with the film um i mean i remember i'm trying to think uh recently the new the new terminator film has a has a, a slowed down version of a song you know so it's always a a, a reinterpreted existing song <laughs> slowed down to kind of match the, the the tone of the film, and you know that 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 song might appear on the soundtrack, but probably doesn't appear in the film at any point. <laughs> and I think you know, there, there's so much promotion, you know, there's so much song and music used in in promotion, especially of, also of TV series, um, that it, it it's quite funny that how much music. Uh, associated with the film pretty much transcends the film itself. Um, but I, I don't know. I, I think I'm much more, um, I don't know. I, I think the, the score is the most itself is the most important thing. Um, if you can get a score that actually balances, you know, with a soundtrack and, and songs and that, you know, that's even better because, you know, you, you tend to get, it's quite interesting. A lot, a lot of um, films that we like also tend to get a, a lot of um, artists and bands that we like, you know, performing songs. So if you if you can get that balance and get both, um, but I find in my case, mo- most actually, you know, most best soundtracks that I, I love the most are from pretty crap films. Um, <laughs> yeah i've got that as well yeah i don't know i mean i guess okay so if i can ask you both a question what is what is the best soundtrack so not score that that you that you both like from a film which is nowhere near as good as the soundtrack um going to tj first 
Um, I <laughs> the uh, soundtrack to the first Mortal Kombat film absolutely played the shit out of Wow. Um, and there was also um, there was also the Spawn film that had an awesome sound uh, soundtrack as well. It did. It was such a bad film as well. I've still such got a bad that film. film. Yeah, I've got that CD somewhere as well. Um, and then finally, one of the Resident Evil films had a really good soundtrack. I can't remember which one though, but they were I think all pretty terrible films. Was good. Is it the third one? Yeah, yeah. So yeah, those three are ones that come to mind. Like terrible movies, but. Watch is and it's one that and, and it's. Uh, I have a question that follows on from this, but I'll ask it after Imran's answer. The only one I can think of is I don't remember the film that much, but I don't imagine either of you will protest it. But Beverly Hills Cop three, oh, um, wow. <laughs> the soundtrack was. It wasn't a score, obviously. It was. I don't. I, I remember a couple of songs um, being included in the film. One of them being the Nile Rogers version of axel f um oh, but i just i loved it i know i love the soundtrack the soundtrack was brilliant they had some great it was a real 90s like sort of early mid 90s r&b and hip-hop <laughs> uh, collection of tunes which i loved and um I, there are songs on there i i still play um like tony 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 shantae moore uh terry lewis jimmy jam shy We've got a couple of uh west coast uh gangster uh, Gangster Rap Records, I forget. I think Easy E had a track on there as well. And uh, Nara Rogers doing Axel F. Come on. That, I love, that's I love, cool. uh, I love Tony, <laughs> Tony, 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 Tony with their ever so slightly different spelled names. Brilliant. Yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah. I used to think it was Tony, it's, Tony, Tone. No, because it's T, T, O, N, I. It's E, yeah. T, O, N, I, T, O, N, E, and then T, O, N, E with an accent. With the accent, yeah. But um, that was my first Tony, Tony, Tony track as well. They had a track on that soundtrack called Leaving. And I don't think it's the album version. It's one that samples Tribe Called Quest. And it is brilliant. I still adore that record. So, yeah, that would be my pick. Beverly Hills Cop 3. See, I prefer it when, you know, they, they the band split and they, they got new members and became Tony, 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 Tony. That was much better than Tony, Tony, Tony. <laughs> you know, there's, and on that note, there is an Andre 3000 lyric uh, for a song that never officially got released where he says, Tony, 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 Tony. I know, I know, I know. I said too, too many Tonys. <laughs> That's terrible. <laughs> I've got 99 problems, but Tony ain't one. <laughs> Here it is. <laughs> Um, but my, my entry into, into the, the crappiest uh, films that had good... Judgment songs. Night. Well, we, we covered that on another podcast. We did. I'm going to do that one, but that, that, is a, <laughs> that is an absolute banger. But also, uh, The Crow 2. In fact, Crow oh, 1 wow. had two. Uh, yeah, although Crow, Crow, one, Crow 1 wasn't was, bad. Yeah, Crow 1 was a good film and a very good soundtrack, yeah. yeah. I don't remember... But Crow, Crow 2, 2 had, had a really good soundtrack. Yeah. I think some of the Blair Witch films also had good soundtracks. It was kind of weird that there was a there was a phase in the nineties and the noughties where any kind of dark or dark film or horror film yeah had, had a had a really good soundtrack. Yeah, had really good sort of rock metal and crossover yeah. with hip hop and stuff like that soundtrack and uh but that kind of that sort of stopped. It's not not as much of a thing as, as it was then. No, um, but yeah. Well, that kind of that kind of all links into something I was thinking about in terms of how good can uh, I can't really think of any examples off the top of my head, but can a, a really great soundtrack make uh, a poor or an average film seem better or feel better to you? Like, as an example, you know, that Spawn film was absolute trash. And the whole way through watching it, I was like, oh, that's a really good tune. Not really paying too much attention to the film because the film was garbage. But, <laughs> you know, may, maybe the <laughs> fact that I was able to sit through the film because I was enjoying the music helped. I don't know. But can do you sometimes get the impression that a good score or a good soundtrack improves the quality of a film? And then... 
I guess the only way to to work that out is just to kind of go back and watch it a second time and I don't know, maybe you realise, hey, hang on a minute, this isn't as good as I thought it was. There is, there is a film I watched and the film was good. Um, I, I've only seen it once many years ago and I really enjoyed the film, but the soundtrack, so taking you at your words of improving the film, the soundtrack blew me away and it was the uh, Brad Pitt, um, uh, The Assassination of Jesse James um okay. it, the score was done by nick cave and it is gorgeous like i remember yeah. watching this film and just thinking and i never got around to actually purchasing uh the the soundtrack and i was always you know had always intended to but it was a, a nick cave soundtrack and I, that just it made the film from a b to an a for me it was a beautiful uh uh, uh piece of beautiful compositions throughout and i had always regretted not having got my hands on the soundtrack so actually yeah it's reminded me so i hope to do that soon but that yeah, that's a definite response for that one what about you David? um yeah so again uh, a good film but maybe a little bit overrated but with the soundtrack uh, alongside it i would say it, it massively improved it and that's drive Wow, uh, yeah. Yes. Um, Nicolas Cage? No. Um, oh, Gosling. Oh, Ryan Gosling, Gosling. yes. Sorry, yes, 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 yes. Oh, yes. Okay, yeah. Oh, I don't nice. think there's any Nicolas Cage film that can be saved with a soundtrack. <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> well, I was just thinking Drive just sounds like a Nicolas Cage movie. Yeah, you, no, you're thinking of Drive Angry, aren't you? Oh, there you go. And God bless you for, for, for that reference, because that's actually epic. I went to see that film, so it's not like I'm I'm being a snob here. But um, Well, that's where, yeah. that's where I got that, uh, the uh, song that I sent you guys on the WhatsApp group. Oh, yes, okay. That's, that's, that's from that film. Oh, nice. Yeah. I think it was actually used to good effect. It was actually, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I have one more, and th- this is a film I always have mixed feelings about because um, the the acting in it, it is something that actually elevates it, and and the story is is so clever. But I don't know if it's actually. I don't know I've watched it a few times since. I don't know if it's as good a film as I think it is. Um, but the soundtrack is fantastic. And that's The Machinist. Oh, I've never uh, Statham. The Statham one or the older Bale. one? Bale. Bale. <laughs> <laughs> wow, my, my, movie, my movie knowledge is a little bit off. A little bit off. <laughs> I mean, for the, you know... For the record, you could you could have been talking about Crank. I mean, maybe because Crank Two right. was scored by. Oh Mike wait, Patton. no. Yeah, he did. Um, yeah. The... <laughs> <laughs> Again, the Machinist does sound like it could have been a Jason Statham film. It really does. It's <laughs> true. Yeah, yeah. Because it, what, what, what's his? It's got films like that. Has it got, it got a mechanic film? or something? But, yeah, that's that's what? what I'm thinking of. Yeah, the mechanic. I think. The mechanic. There, there we go. This, this is like a weird word association game. I say, <laughs> you come up with a different movie that sounds similar. Um, but yeah, uh, you, you have to, I'll, I'll, I'll send you guys a link to it, but it's by an artist called uh, Roque Banos, if I pronounce that correctly. And because, because the, um, I'll describe the, the plot of the machine is it's a bit like um oh god i've forgotten the name of um, now i got me at it um the the film that basically goes goes backwards oh uh, the chris nolan one yes um, memento 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 yeah it's a bit like a sort of i know darker version of memento but with a a completely different i mean memento plot. is pretty dark so <laughs> It is, but this this is kind of you don't really know how dark Memento is until the end, though. Whereas this is quite, I think that this is tonally pretty dark throughout. Isn't it the um, one where he lost loads of weight for the role as well? Yeah, yeah, I think he lost something like six or seven stone or something ridiculous. He's just completely emaciated. But the soundtrack is 
is just one of the the creepiest and strangest soundtracks. It's just a series of of noises that not I don't mean the whole soundtrack's that, but some of the the, the effects that it's used are just so uh, effective that yeah, it, it's just it's just cracking. I, I... For um, soundtrack that made an average film better for me, which would be uh, Tron Legacy. Huge fan of the original Tron movie, and I, I I really I know it's probably not popular opinion, but I really enjoyed Tron Legacy, and and I know for a fact a large part of that is because I absolutely adore the soundtrack. Um, and, and Schwarzenegger, and sorry, and Schwarzenegger being in it. I mean, you know, he's a star attraction, so. I didn't do that joke twice and it failed both times. It's only because I didn't hear you the first time. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, it's a, yeah, it's a it's a film I adore and a soundtrack I adore, and I know the two things are massively interlinked. Um, uh, yeah, so I think that for me, that's a film that would probably be an average with a lesser soundtrack. A lot of people don't like that film. I mean, I I I, I went. I think I had to review it, um, and it was it was okay. Um, it, it hasn't had any replay value for me. I haven't. Don't think I've watched it since. And a lot of people really didn't like it, hmm. but I don't know why. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I've I've rewatched it a good few times and loved it each time. And um, like I say, I know it's not a popular opinion, but I absolutely loved it. So, so Daft Punk did Tron Legacy, right? Yes. Is is there an artist that you're a fan of that you, I'm catching you, everyone off guard? I don't have an answer for this one yet, um, but. Is there an artist that you're a fan of that you think would be amazing at scores? Like scoring a soundtrack that you think could just do incredible hmm. work to it? I can't think of some of myself yet. but I mean, I, I can, but unfortunately it's kind of already happened. because, And this is a bit of a cheat answer because I'm stating something that already is rather than, than isn't. But it's kind of weird that um, Nine Inch Nails... Uh, I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> many different members of Nine Inch Nails have all now become you know um well, i don't know what you call them art artists that make soundtracks from clint mansell uh to to trent uh Reznor himself to clinton shorter it's really weird that 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 body of um artists uh are all part of um that band is it alan Mulder or is it i don't know there, there, there's a few now that all or then decided to to do film soundtracks, um, but I guess t- to be true to to your question, um, Maynard Keenan, I'm sure TJ would agree with me on that one. I'd love I'd love for him uh, to be scoring something. Yeah, that would be that would be incredible, actually. Um, and actually, I, I do have um, someone else who I think would be good uh i'm not sure i don't think i'm trying to think if he actually already has done something or not i don't think he has um but when he's not being a complete lunatic kanye west i think would (laughs) knock together a good soundtrack because he is a very talented uh artist when he when he's on it um and he has a kind of uh epicness about him about his style that I think would suit certain films quite well. Um, do you mean like him sort of orchestrating a score or do you mean him as the I, lead I, artist? I, I, I think I think either, actually. I think uh, him doing a score and um, him as a lead artist on a soundtrack, um, I think he has that, that range in him. From a talent perspective, I mean, he might well lose his mind and do some crazy shit, but um, <laughs> I yeah, I think he would be uh, he'd be someone I think that would have, be able to do it. Yeah, he's it always might. embraced uh, orchestral mm. sort of elements to his music. He's the um, he had a, a violinist that I can't remember her name, Miri Benari. Um, it was sort of on his first project, and he he started working with John Bryan as well to sort of add different dimensions to his music. So he's actually um, a pretty good pick, actually. Um, for me, I, I I don't know. I, um, oh, I, I yeah, no, I caught myself off guard with that question. Oh, go ahead. I have another one just to, just to fill in for you. Um, I think Kate Bush. 
Did you just say K? <laughs> but I think, again, all of her music, you know, it's so theatrical and so bizarre. Like, you know, put what she creates alongside a quirky kind of indie movie type thing. I think it would, I think it would be something quite, uh, that would be something quite special as well. I think what she could do would, would help to elevate a film. So, yeah, I think Kate Bush would be another good shout for an artist that would make a good movie score slash soundtrack. That is a good shout. I'll what take that one because I haven't got, got one. one. <laughs> well, um, one last quick one. We don't have to dwell too much on this one, but I was just thinking also Jack White. That's a great pick. Oh, yeah. Hasn't he already? Oh, no, he did um, the Bond theme, didn't he? Oh, yeah, with Alicia yeah. Keys, right? Yeah. Yes, yeah. he did. Um, he did a very good one as well, I think. Gosh, I can't even... What, what was that... Was that the quantum? Yes. One, yeah. Yes. Did they? I can't remember. Did they use those words, "quantum of solace" in the song? <laughs> uh, probably because I'm pretty sure most, if not all, Bond films have the film title somewhere in the lyrics. It's not always the title of the song, but I think they normally always have the name of the film in the song lyrics somewhere. But that's actually quite an interesting one to pick, actually, because obviously that that's a franchise with a very distinct and iconic theme uh, for for those films and character. But every single film has a completely new song, yes, in it for its opening credit. So that's quite an interesting one to to well, it, uh, well, to it, know actually, it does. But it does also have the iconic music as the as the theme, yeah. doesn't it? So there's yeah, uh, but yeah, yeah I mean, that is of, prevalent throughout. But in terms of a franchise utilizing, and I, it's, I, I think it's also a clever way to make each film relevant of the of the time, if that makes sense. So, like, whoever's the biggest selling artist or most popular artist at that time gets to make a song for this iconic movie franchise that's been going since the sixties. Mm-hmm. Um, but it does also yeah. kind of place each film in that moment of time. Um, I, 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 to me, that feels like quite a cool selling point of it. I tell you another one that's very similar, which which they they've ripped off the exact same blueprint, and that is Mission Impossible. Uh, okay, how how do you mean in terms of? Um, well, they they the mission is always the the lead song. Oh, they get someone else to remix it each time. Yeah. Right, and okay. they've quite a few good soundtracks as well, um, with a lot of different artists. Actually, Kanye uh, West did a Mission Impossible theme, didn't he? Did he? He did. Kanye and Twister. They had a. Um, I this is going back some years, but they. I'm gonna type it in now. The most popular ones was um, Limp Biscuits. <laughs> one, which is quite funny. Oh, Limp Biscuit. What Limp Biscuit did a Mission Impossible soundtrack? Oh yeah, yeah they did. They oh, did. Wow. Um, they did a, a re, like their own version of the Mission Impossible theme. Yeah, it was. Oh wow, very biscuit like. Actually, pretty good. Yeah, no, no, don't, I don't. I don't mean that as a as a slant. It's when you listen yeah, to no, it, no, it no, sounds no. like a Limp Biscuit song, but just using oh, totally. the the riff from. Mission Impossible, but yeah, he's very Limp Bizkit-esque. Well, just to confirm, Kanye had a song with Twister called Impossible uh, for the Mission Impossible 3 soundtrack. Well, you teach you your go. dream has come true. <laughs> I mean, my, I, that's it. I'm satisfied now. It's done. Yeah. It's over. See you later. Thanks for coming. It's done. Thanks, Kanye. Appreciate it. <laughs> I had a I had another thing to ask. How do you guys feel about the soundtrack that has excerpts from the film dotted throughout the soundtrack? So, as an example, um, the uh, Lock, Stock, and Two Smoking Barrel soundtrack. When you oh, listen, man, when you listen to that. the whole, when you listen to the whole thing, it has excerpts from the movie, kind of taking you through scenes of the movie as as you play through the album. How do you guys feel about that? Is it a good thing, about a weird thing, or something you can live without? The trouble is, the trouble is, you you've picked the best example. <laughs> that... Okay, all right. What, what about the Pulp Fiction one? Pulp Fiction also had that same thing as well. 
Yeah, but they had theirs good ones as well, right? Yeah. Some good snippets. There is there is one. Um Don Cheadle did a biopic on Miles Davis. Uh the film is called Miles Ahead and they three quarters of it is of classic Miles Davis songs and they've got a couple of new songs uh that close out the album. But they have snippets of Don Cheadle as Miles Davis talking uh throughout it's probably about five or six. But the the things that he's saying are really they're not engaging phrases. They're not engaging like monologues at all. And it's like, that's not, like, you kind of missed the trick there, you know, in terms of, I, I quite like it because it is a soundtrack and it does give you the license to, to put those things on, uh, on, on a, on a CD. Why not? But um, yeah, I think if, if there are things that the words that are, that will stay with you, then that's, that's the way to do it. I would have thought, but when it, when you don't take the opportunity, you kind of miss it. I think, I think, I think if, um, yeah, I mean, Lock, Lock Sox is obviously a good example, and, and so is Pulp Fiction. It's anything where there are genuine, I, iconic, I'll call them skits, because that's often what they are on, on the, the record themselves. But if there, you know, if there are, you know, really memorable and iconic exchanges in a scene mm. that could be included in an album, it, it, it works really well. But if if they aren't that, if they're just, you know, random bits of of scenes and sound bites then yeah it's a bit it, it's yeah it doesn't always doesn't it doesn't always, always, doesn't always land I mean, yeah no it doesn't always land and i kind of th- this is one of the other things that um, i find with a lot of soundtracks um whether they whether they be part soundtrack part score is that you only find you often only find that there might be, I don't know. So, so for example, the intro and the titles that are really memorable and iconic in terms of the actual score, um, and a lot of the other parts, they're good for the movie. They obviously work in the context of what you're you're seeing in the film. But on their own, they're just, you know, you might have like 40 seconds long of a, a piece of music that's entitled She Came Home. <laughs> and it, you know what I mean? Yeah. It, it, I get it. Why, I'm not like saying they shouldn't include it. You kind of have to if it's just a score. But I sometimes find that, you know, there, there'll be like four or five songs or, you know, less than 50% of an actual score will be something that you want to listen to. And the rest, because it's there purely in the context of the film, doesn't really. Know, you don't really want to listen to it again. You don't. You don't need to. Hmm. Uh, and it's a really odd format um, to to include everything. But obviously, if it's a score, it's a score. But when when you have that with a hybrid of songs as well, you you obviously then just end up skipping all those bits to listen to the songs and to listen to the intro and the outro. Um, so yeah, it, it, soundtrack is a weird medium because you never know quite what, what's going to work um, on, on its own yeah. outside film. That's true. Mm-hmm. So there must be a real nightmare to, to try and create that. Yeah. Well, before we wrap up, are there any particular favorites that you want to shout out if you've yet to do so? For me, I'd have to say Donnie Darko's soundtrack is one of my favorites. Ooh. And there's a soundtrack and a score, but it's the soundtrack because I, I, you know, got some great like 80s uh, uh, numbers on there. And I'd really recommend that one if you're sort of that way inclined in, in excess or um, Echo and the Bunnymen, etc. So they've got a wonderful soundtrack uh, for that movie. And I'd I couldn't have a conversation about soundtracks without mentioning that one. Um, I think not necessarily full soundtrack. Well, the soundtrack was great as well, but in terms of iconic um, pieces of music, themes, whatever you want to call it, um, Sergio Leone from uh, um, Good, the Bad and the Ugly. I mean, if there's a more iconic piece of music um, than that film, then, you know, it's... uh, it's again another timeless one, one people instantly recognise, mm. and yeah, just an absolutely perfect piece of music for that fit film so perfectly. So yeah, Daniel. Oh man, I have so many. I mean, anything from uh, Train Spotting to Fight Club to Fifth Element. Um, I think I could probably go all day on 
some some of the best soundtracks that I've grown up with uh, that have iconic uh, songs and also um, iconic scores. I mean, even like um, to go a bit more interesting, a bit more left field, the the soundtrack to Clark's uh, Amorats. Oh right, yeah, Kevin Smith stuff, yeah, yeah. Um, those are song and skit based, if you like. So they have lots of, you know, um, uh, quotable moments from the film, and they were pretty good. I remember being at uni and listening to those. Well, it would be rude to talk uh, for nearly an hour on music and not end with something. And uh, Tej has the the luxury of picking uh, the closing number on uh, on today's uh, today's show. So, dude, what are you going with? Sweet. Um, so I'm going to bring this full circle uh, and pick a song from the first soundtrack I think we started talking about about 50 minutes ago. Um, and that would be um, the end titles from Blade Runner by Evangelis. That's I thought it would be coming from a, a Nick Cage or Jason Statham film. I was waiting for it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, tempted to, I'm tempted to change my pick now. Perfect yeah, pick. Um, Perfect. Pick. Yeah. Um, thank, yeah. Um, one of my, again, a soundtrack that I listen to again and again and again. And uh, that piece of music at the end of such an amazing film for me um, is near on perfection. 